0: podcast October 21st or from David Cronenberg So yeah I figured today since yesterday we went over the masters of horror series but we're going to go over someone who is you know one of the ma- in my opinion a master of horror in his own right We're going to be talking about David Paul Cronenberg He is a Canadian film director screenwriter and actor And he is kind of known as the king of body horror, in a sense. Although he's also done, you know, dramas, thrillers, and gangster films. Uh, Funnily enough, most of them have a lot of them have been collaborations with Viggo Mortensen: Uh, "History of Violence," "Eastern Promises," "Dangerous Method." But he is mostly known for a sort of unique style of sci-fi horror. Um common thing with him is, you know, he's kind of the originator of body horror, one of them anyway. His films have sort of visceral, bodily transformations, usually ones that are, like, really unnatural. Infectious diseases and sort of intertwining of, like, biological and technological elements. We're going to be talking about... Um, four of his films today, Shivers, Rabid, Scanners, and The Brood, although Videodrome and his remake of The Fly would also be good examples for this. Uh, and, it's all, and I'd also recommend some films like Possessor and Antiviral from his son, uh, Brandon Cronenberg, because he does take after his father in a lot of ways. So these aren't in a particular order chronologically. I'm just going to go through and just give my thoughts on each of them. So first off, we've got Rabid, starring the uh, starring Marilyn Chambers, who was a you know well known pornographic actress at the time. Rabid opens with a couple driving down this stretch of road on a motorcycle. It's intercut with both scenes of doctors discussing the possibility of adding, you know cosmetic plastic surgery to their clinic's operations. And also this uh, couple and their daughter, or no, a couple and their child, I forget which one it is, but they're driving along in a van trying to, I think they're on like a road trip or something. And what happens is that the two end up colliding, or, well, the motorcycle... The car stalls out on the road, and the motorcycle veers off to avoid hitting it, and what ends up happening is that the motorcycle crashes, the couple's retrieved by the people at the clinic. Um, The man involved in that, he survives with kind of like very minor injuries, aside from like a concussion. But the woman involved in this was trapped under the motorcycle and it caught fire, so she's very heavily burned. And they decided to give her this emergency skin graft technique. Um, essentially, they were just doing this technique where they just took some uh, skin from her thighs and then treated it so that it could stand in for you know tissue on other parts of her body. And despite it, initially, everything seems fine initial promising signs and she develops this strange mutation that gives her a taste for human blood <laughs> and it makes her a vector for a sort of rabies like disease you know she infects someone they feel okay for a while and then at some point they start foaming at the mouth and get really aggressive and then eventually slip into a coma and you know again this doesn't sound like body horror until you see exactly like what happened to her there's this, like... She gets this, like, weird hole in her armpit. And it has this sort of, like, proboscis that comes out of it to suck up people's blood. It's it's really fucking gross. Uh, but, yeah, it's one of those things where Cronenberg... Not necessarily to demonize technology, I don't think. But just to kind of have this sort of uh, visceral cause for the murder or not the murder sorry for the conflict for the inciting influence for the inciting incident and the sort of mutations and body horror that come later down the road just takes this seemingly kind of normal um this seemingly normal event you know there's nothing too out of the ordinary about a skin graft it's a common form of cosmetic surgery, you know, you take skin from other part of the body, put it over from either a donor or from another part of the body, put it over, treat a little bit so that the uh, the accepting body takes it as its own tissue, especially if someone's like heavily burned and they wouldn't heal normally. But, you know, Cronenberg just looked at it and said, well, what if it gave them Aver her rabies and also basically made her into a vampire. So, you know, everyone's freaking out because this disease is starting to spread and people who get it can pass it to other people. So it's communicable. And it gets so out of hand that the city, I think it's Montreal. I could be wrong about that. Um, I can't seem to find any of my notes really anywhere. Um, but the city gets put under martial law at the suggestion of some doctors who are arrived to help with the situation. And the doctors at the clinic and the man from the crash end up trying to find the source of this disease outbreak because they don't know it's her yet. It's. Definitely got a nice little mystery aspect to it with some dramatic irony especially because we, cause we know what's going on but the characters don't. And they're trying to piece together where exactly this disease originated from, how it started, how it's spreading. And all the while, they have to deal with both the you know, military trying to keep a lid on everything and the infected basically going crazy. And also the... You know, uninfected people who are just responding the way that, you know, people in situations like this always do in movies, they start looting and rioting. But Rabid is a decent entry for the body horror subgenre, even if it's a little light on the effects. Uh, There was a remake by the Suska sisters done in 2019. I have not seen that one, but I'm going to check that out at some point. Next up, we have Shivers. Now, this one is a good example of Cronenberg's entire career, honestly. It's got a cult following, but it was not well-received on initial release due to the graphic violence and the sexual imagery. And not only did did it gin up enough controversy that it made it difficult for Cronenberg to get funding for some of his later projects, but the but his lease had a morality clause on it, so his landlord kicked him out because of it. Our inciting incident is this scene of an older man killing this young woman in her apartment building. Said man then cuts open her stomach, pours acid into the incision, and then kills himself. Now, when the bodies are discovered, we find out that the reason behind this was the man was a doctor, and he was part of some project that initially sought to um, find an alternative to organ transplant. Because, you know, finding the right organs and getting them to the people who need them, and then hoping that the body will accept them is, you know, it, it's a bit of a hassle. But what the alternative was was to engineer this sort of parasite that would take over the function of a human organ, for example. Uh, They cite, one of them says in the movie, it's like, imagine you need a kidney, and instead of getting the kidney, you just get this weird little worm that implants itself in you. It siphons off a little blood for itself, but it's not enough enough to be harmful. And it filters all the toxins out, and just acts as a new kidney. And... Like I said, since it was meant to be an alternative to organ transplant, we find out that the doctor who was working on this had some sort of, like, doomsday plan. Now, part of the reason for the, like, sexual imagery that I mentioned is that he thought this would be a way, is that he had some sort of doomsday plan, and he thought this would be a good way to spread it, is that it was essentially sexually transmitted, it was communicable that way, but it was also an aphrodisiac. So, you know, not only can it be spread by sex, but it actually makes you want to have sex more when you're infected with this stuff. And, like, the effects are pretty, like, basic. It's not gory, but you see, like, people's... You see, like, a bulge moving under someone's skin. And at points you see this little, like, slug creature moving around. It's... It's definitely a watch at your own discretion. I definitely sympathize with anyone that, like, like I'm really, really jaded, and there are movies where the level of, like, sexual violence is still more than I'm willing to put up with, but this is definitely, this has some of that, but it's at least mildly justified by story reasons, so and it doesn't even really get graphic it's more just like you know lady getting chased by like a group of people um you know i i've heard a lot of people call cronenberg's movies misogynistic in some ways but i feel like that kind of criticism is missing the point a lot of the time it's like yeah the it's like yeah some of the women in this movie just seem like really hyperactive just... Even hypersexual, like, they seem to have no agency, but the thing is, by that point, they were already infected, so it's not even really them at this point. And we'll get in more to that when we get down to the brood later, but before we do that, we're going to move on to scanners. Now, this is probably the most famous out of the four in one way, because if you've ever seen that meme of, like, a guy's head just exploding... That was actually a rather famous scene that happens really early on in Scanners, actually. So, in the context of this movie, what a scanner is, is that it's someone who has psychic or telekinetic powers. Um, One of them, a group of them, are working for this kind of nondescript corporation called Consec. They're a, a manufacturer who makes weapons and security systems, primarily. They're trying to control the scanners for their own profits. Uh, one of them is dispatched to bring in this other one that went rogue and is basically just acting on his own and with a slight bit of following. The effects, like the gore effects in this one, aren't quite as it—it's significantly less body horror than there is in a lot of Cronenberg's other stuff. But this one is also worth is also notable because I mean it looks hokey at points because it kind of just looks like some. Because when they're trying to use their powers a lot of times, it just looks like they're really intently staring at something and just kind of like mildly shaking. Uh, <laughs> but again, the sort of like paranormal aspects mixed with the like sci-fi aspects are definitely something you see a lot in Cronenberg's work. And I think this one, for the relative lack of gore and viscera that you see, kind of demonstrates it the best. It's also full of a lot of, like, timely stuff, because this is kind of, it it was made in the 80s, and it definitely kind of rejected the sort of, like, nostalgia for the 50s era that was kind of common in a lot of sci-fi. It rejected kind of a lot of the, you know, more conservative-leaning suburban attitudes at the time. There's references to the uh, thalidomide scandal, for those that don't know about that, there was basically a medicine called thalidomide, and it caused it was either a lot of miscarriages or a lot of birth defects or both for the women who were taking it. It caused their children to be significant, either to either miscarry or be severely malformed when they were born. And there's a drug similar to that called ephemeral And again, I lost my notes. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a booster for the power or if they were trying to like create more scanners that way but the implication is that it caused really horrid side effects so there's a little allegory for that or a reference to it however you want to put it okay so yeah sorry I just had a look at my notes and thalidomide was prescribed for mothers experience soon to be mothers um, experiencing morning sickness and it caused severe birth defects. And ephemeral was kind of the analog for this. And it's basically meant to sort of inhibit the scanning ability. But we also find out later that ephemeral was prescribed as a drug for pregnant women, and it caused um, two of them, a few of them in particular, to be extreme to be far more powerful. But the thing is that scanners who can't, like, control their abilities kind of tend to go insane. And they need, like, drastic surgery usually to help them out. So, you know. Scanners, as you might imagine, again, got sort of lukewarm reception. Uh, Part of it was just, it wasn't so much the body horror in this case, because aside from the some of the head explosion effects, it wasn't really that bad in terms of gore. Uh, I think it was more just the fact that the movie is a little plodding and oddly pasted points, and there's kind of a mystery aspect to it. But it is definitely worth a watch, especially if you like sci-fi horror, especially stuff that's a bit more um, sedate and a little more down-to-earth. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it, like, tech noir or bio... Or cyberpunk, but you know, it it definitely has that feeling of like examining more the influence that tech would have on society rather than having a high tech civilization. If I'm making any kind of sense with that, it's more just how something like this would affect us in our real world, not so much imagining how the world could be. That's that's the kind of sci fi that Scanners goes for. And finally for today, we have The Brood, one of his more infamous or famous, however you want to put it. Uh, at the time this was written, Cronenberg was in the real world actually going through a pretty acrimonious divorce. And uh, he kind of said that he wanted to make his own version of Kramer Versus Kramer. I'm assuming he's talking about the novel because the movie wouldn't be released until date, later that year after the brood had already mostly been finished. Uh, Said he wanted to present a more uh, realistic image, although, you know, the addition of the sci-fi elements means that the realism in this case is more the mood. So the brood follows two lines of plot. We have a man looking after his daughter, and his ex-wife, who is very mentally disturbed, has been sequestered by a controversial psychiatrist for the purposes of experimentation. The backdrop for the central narrative is a number of unsolved murders in the area. Uh, performances all around are really good. The psychiatrist is played by uh, Oliver Reed, who is a pretty famous British actor. Um, the so. You know, this is I. I really hate the term elevated horror, honestly, because I feel like it carries the implication that if you're not that, it's kind of lesser. But if you subscribe to that label, then I definitely think The Brood should count because it does have that. I wouldn't so much call it allegory because it's pretty literal in some places, but it's got that underlying theme of like the alienation that comes from, you know, a broken up family, a broken household. And again, I've seen people criticize the movie as misogynistic because the ex wife ends up being like the, you know, final villain in a way, but I feel like that's kind of looking at surface level. I mean, yeah, she ends up being kind of monstrous in a way. I won't say how, but I feel like if you're criticizing Cronenberg for, like, making the woman the villain, the woman, the monster in this case. Or like making jokes about him like trying to take out his frustration with his ex-wife on the movie. I think you're kind of missing the point because the film goes out of the way to show that the psychiatrist is kind of a kook. He's a bit reckless with his experimentation. He's not exactly ethically upstanding. And I think it's more a case of like, yeah, she's a monster. She was made to be a monster by the psychiatrist. And between, like, the stress from the divorce, what's hinted to be her own sort of, like, mental illness, her stubbornness, some repressed trauma from her childhood, and combine all that with some weird ability that lets her manifest some of her thoughts, it's, yeah, it becomes a horror show because... You have such power in the hands of someone who is very, very disturbed, who is very lonely, and is trying to reclaim some of the stuff that would make her life actually a little more bearable. So, you know, the brood is kind of like Possession, which we'll be talking about in the next Weird Wednesday. It's definitely sort of like scenes from a marriage in a way. It's about the... It's essentially a slightly sci-fi horror-influenced version of Scenes from Marriage. It's about the breakdown of a family, but it's got horror elements like these weird little tiny monsters running around. It's got sci-fi elements because you've got this, um, well, I wouldn't say mad scientist in this case, but definitely ethically dubious scientist who's conducting experiments on someone, not necessarily for very vague reasons. Anyway, on a less depressing note, this did start the uh, long-time collaboration between uh, David Cronenberg and and Howard Shore, the composer. He also did another um, sort of made-for-TV film, I guess, called Drop Dead Dearest" or "I Miss You Hugs and Kisses," depending on the title. Which was actually which I only know about honestly because it was banned in the UK during the Video Nasties Panic. But yeah, this was either Howard Shore's first or second feature film score. He would, you know, he would go on to score the Lord of the Rings films. He would work on all of Cronenberg's subsequent movies, as far as I know, except for The Dead Zone, the, you know, Stephen King adaptation. So yeah, Uh, Scanners and uh, The Brood are available for Blu ray from Criterion Channel. From the Criterion Collection, I mean. I don't know if they're on the channel. Uh, Rabid and Shivers, I think some of the sort of, like, cult labels. Like, I think Scream Factory might have at least one of them. But I'm not entirely sure. So, yeah, that's four from David Cronenberg. Uh, Just to illustrate his uh, credentials as one of the originators of the body horror genre. I would also definitely recommend, you know, Video Videodrome's a classic, as is the uh, Jeff Goldblum, The Fly. So, you can find any of those, I would definitely recommend giving them all a watch um, at your own discretion. I don't know how strong your stomach is. So, tomorrow we're going to be watching, we're going to be talking about the... Sorry, we're going to be talking about the Hellraiser franchise, and then after that, we're going to be talking about Scream. So I hope you'll join me. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.